Thank you for coming. It's a wonderful crowd this evening, and uh, appreciate all of you being here. And uh, <clears throat> Santa Claus is coming to town. So uh, don't get on the naughty list. Amen. <laughs> we have been studying the offerings in Leviticus 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. They really go into 6 and 7, but I, I'm not, I don't want to get real technical with you. But um, first one is the burnt offering. Second one was the meat offering. Third one was the peace offering. Fourth is the sin offering. Fifth is the trespass offering. And as we've shown you by now, the first three offerings are called sweet savor. And the explanation is within those chapters, especially in chapter one, it's very clear that they're voluntary. You didn't have to do that. You did that out of a grateful heart. But when you deal with these last two offerings, <clears throat> first the sin and then the trespass offering, they are not sweet savor. They are mandatory. You had, there had to be a sacrifice for sin and <clears throat> a sacrifice for trespass. And um, um, there's a lot of controversy about the difference and the distinctions. And um, uh, I, I've, I've spent quite a bit of time doing my best to try and figure this out. And um, I mean, what's the difference between sin and trespass? Um, to me, uh, just when you, I remember, I, I don't know, uh, Bob and I, and I think Jeff may have been there, and Ron, years, years ago, <clears throat> we met this fella up in the UP, and he invited us up there to hunt. And so um, I, uh, I wasn't familiar with the land at all. And uh, they dropped me off on this road, and they said, walk past this, down this path, and <clears throat> about a mile down there, you'll see this blind, and sit in there and we've got it all ready for you. Well, they no sooner left and it started to snow. Been big, them big dudes, man, them silver dollar things. And uh, in, in just a matter of moments, those, the woods changed. And if you've ever been in the woods when there's a heavy, wet snow, everything looks the same. And uh, <clears throat> by the time I got to where I was supposed to go, I realized that, that I'm in trouble. And so I turned around and tried to find my way back, but the snow had already filled in my boot tracks. So I got lost. <clears throat> and uh, I just, I wondered uh, for a long time. I should have just stopped and stayed right there, but uh, I didn't. I, uh, I was convinced I could figure my way out, but uh, I didn't and I got lost. And I wondered uh, with a lot of fear for a couple hours. And finally, I broke into this, I, I saw something ahead that I knew was man-made, and it was a fence. And <clears throat> it was, far as I could see, was this fence, and I knew it had to end sooner or later, so I just followed it and found a corner in the woods. And it, it went as far that way, and this one went as far that way, I, it did finally, I just kept going around it until I found a road and I found my way out. But it was so interesting to me because I had stumbled on a cloistered convent. And um, <clears throat> a cloistered convent are, is where nuns go and they take a vow of, of uh, silence. They, they do not ever interact with the world outside of that convent for the rest of their lives. And they are there, they say, to pray for the sins of the world, which is uh, totally unnecessary because he is our propitiation. But uh, they're very devout people, wonderful people. Uh, uh, my grandfather would not ever want anything to do with religion. And uh, he, his sister went into a cloistered convent. And... Um, he tried to get into Seer, and they said that was impossible. But uh, he, he eventually 
climbed into it and got in there. And when he found her, she was seven months pregnant. And uh, uh, that was the end of my grandpa and religion until he was dying. And uh, we baptized him in a uh, bathtub in the basement. And uh, it was as far as he got. But um, every hundred feet on this fence was a sign. And it said, all trespassers will be prosecuted to the furthest extent of the law by the order of the Sisters of Mercy. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> When you think of trespass, trespass is uh, you're just not supposed to be there. You, you might not have done anything wrong. The wrong was going there. And there, there chapter 4 is the sin offering and chapter 5 is the trespass offering. And um, I've, I've tried my best. I, I think I'm on to something. But um, <clears throat> what, what is the difference between the sin offering and the trespass offering. And one, one way I think I can explain it to you is in Isaiah 53, which is the great prophecy about, you know, of, about the cross. It says in 53 in verse 5 of Isaiah, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And there's four words here that are very, very exact. You have a wound and a bruise, and then you have a transgression and you have an iniquity. And um, obviously, what's the difference between a wound and a bruise? One, one the, the skin is broken and blood flows up outside and on the outside of the skin, so it's very, very apparent. But a bruise is, is blood that never reaches the surface. It's, it's blood flowing beneath. The surface of the skin. And then you've got transgression and iniquity. A transgression in the Bible, as near as I can tell, was an obvious sin. You couldn't hide it. Other people knew you did it, understood. Uh, but when you dealt with iniquity, uh, iniquity was a sin of the spirit. It was something that was basically between you and God. And, and the exactness of this verse is, is, is really amazing because it's saying that the blood of Jesus <clears throat> flowed outside to cover the obvious transgressions that we've committed, but it also flowed inside to deal with the iniquity that, uh, that we've committed as well. And so iniquity was no less, but uh, was, it, was, it was a secret sin. That was known only to the individual to God. And so to me, as near as I can tell, the, this is the difference between the sin offering and the trespass offering. One offering, the sin offering, covers the act, the actual sin that's committed. But the other offering covers the effects of the act, the guilt, the condemnation. The, the sin offering deals with the sin itself, but, but the trespass offering deals with the effects and the guilt of the sin that you committed. One, one is a sin against God, um, but, but the other deals with a sin against someone else other than God. One, one deals with the wrong that was done. But the other deals with the right that was not done. And uh, I, I remember years ago hearing what I consider, uh, I've got, I wouldn't say he was the greatest, but he's tied for first place. And I have several people in my mind that I consider to be master preachers and teachers. One of them was George Glass. And I, I heard George Glass preach one time called... Um, uh, how, how did he word it? He, he was talking about when um, when Saul came before the prophet and he said I have 
obeyed the commandment of the Lord. And the prophet said, okay, if you have obeyed what I told you to do, then why do I hear these cows? And why do I hear these sheep? Because he told them, I want you to kill everything. And the whole message was not just about what is done wrong, but the right that is left undone. And that, that, that's, that's what we're, we're dealing with here. I, so, so as I've tried to do the last couple of weeks, you know, alliteration. Alliteration is just when you take <clears throat> a group of words and you make sure they all start with the same letter. And so I use the word surrender for a burnt offering. And I use the word service, that he was the bread of life and the meat or the meal offering. And I use the word sacrifice to describe the peace offering. But the word that I'm going to use to be associated with the sin offering is the word substitute. Next week, we'll deal with trespass. We'll deal with trespass a little bit tonight, but it'll be the word satisfaction. Surrender, service, sacrifice, substitute, satisfaction. So I got an S on each one of them. I was quite proud of myself for that little accomplishment. And uh, listen, here's, here's chapter 4 and verse 3. I, I've showed you how in the, in the previous three offerings, there were, there were always three categories of something. And it's no different in this one. Here's, here's Leviticus chapter 4 and verse 3. If the priest that is anointed do sin according to the sin of the people, let him bring for his sin, which he hath sinned, a young bullock without blemish. Here's verse 13. And if the whole congregation of Israel sin through ignorance, and the thing be hid from the eyes of the assembly, they have done somewhat against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which should not be done and are guilty. Here's verse 22. When a ruler hath sinned and done somewhat through ignorance. There, there, there are three categories of people here. There is the priest. There is the whole congregation. And then there's a ruler and um, I, 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 um, the, these, the details, I, I kept reading this again and again. I knew there had to be something in here. I'll, I'll read you the verses and then go back and show you what I think I found. Here's chapter 5 when we're dealing with the trespass offering. Here's Leviticus 5 and 1. If a soul sins, hearing the voice of swearing and is a witness... Whether he have seen or known of it, if he do not utter it, then he shall bear his iniquity. I think this is New King James. I've done with so many translations. Here's another translation of this. If a person sins in hearing the utterance of an oath and is a witness, whether he has seen or known of the matter, if he doesn't tell it, he bears guilt. Here's... Here's verse number two. It keeps, if a soul touch any unclean thing, whether it's the carcass of a beast or an unclean cattle or the carcass of unclean creeping things, be hidden from him. He shall be unclean and guilty. So here's verse four. If a soul swear, pronouncing with his lips to do evil or to do good, whether it be that a man shall pronounce with an oath and it be hid from him, when he knoweth of it, then he shall be guilty in all these. I, I, I'll read it from another translation. If a person swears, speaking thoughtlessly with his lips, to do evil or good. Here's, it goes on and on. Here, here's what amazed me. When I dealt with the sin offering and when you read chapter 4, it says this, if a priest sins, then he's supposed to offer this offering. And then in verse 13, it says, there are times when the whole congregation sins. 
and they have to offer an offering. And then in verse 4, it says, there are times when a ruler sins. But what amazed me was, there's no details. It just says, sometimes the priest will sin. Sometimes everybody will sin. Sometimes a ruler will sin. But that's all it says. It doesn't describe what they did. How did they sin? But when you get into chapter 5... There's all these details that are in there. And, and it's, I think this is the great reason that these offerings are, are so powerful. Because all five of them, as I tried to show you, are snapshots of things that Jesus has done for us. Jesus did a lot more for us than just wash our sin away. I've talked to you about the blood before. I've heard people say, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. It doesn't say that. It says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. The prepositional phrase of sin is not there. So that's, I don't know, Hebrews 9 and 22. I think that's where that is. <clears throat> because if, if you use the phrase, then the only, then you're limiting the blood to sin. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Does that? It says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. Because <clears throat> I'm convinced the, the blood and the water that came from his side are a great picture of the gospel message. And, but what about the blood from his back? That's not for our sins. It says, by his stripes, we're healed. So what about the, that crown of thorns? And they pushed those spikes into his brow and that blood came down. I, I've always taught you that we are spirit, soul, body. And a great, I, to simplify it, I think the soul is just <clears throat> our personality. It's, it's our mind. I think there's blood that was shed for our sins, for the spiritual aspect of it. There's blood from his back for the physical aspect of it, to heal our body. But there's blood from his brow for the mental aspect of this thing, the soul part of it. So you can't limit the blood to just sin. It's bigger than that. And that's why these first three offerings are so powerful, because... <clears throat> You, when you see it, there's just great gratitude in your heart. I mean, how many things could we list today in addition to having our sins washed away that he's done for us? It, it go on and on and on when you realize how good he's been to you. There's just this great Expression of gratitude that says, I want to tell him that I know what he's done for me. And I want to offer something to him in exchange for what he's done for me. I want to do something for him. But when you deal with sin and trespass, we, we, this, this is not, <laughs> this is a whole different animal here. And, 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 and what, what I'm convinced is is that one of them deals with the sin, but the other deals with the effect of the sin. It's like when I've taught you about Jesus healing, you know, the, the, uh, the causing that, when the, when the waves, they were afraid they were going to sink. It said he rebuked the wind. He, uh, I, did, I, I don't want to bore you. I did a I, I spent a lot of time studying waves. How in the world do waves occur? And, and I, but you get rid of the wind, you're not going to have any waves. So the wind is the cause. The wave is the effect. The sin offering is the cause. The trespass offering are the effects of the sin so he didn't just 
cause the waves to stop. <laughs> he rebuked the wind. Which means here, he doesn't just want to take our sin away. He wants to take the effect of that sin away also. That's why this verse is so powerful. Here's 2 Peter 1 and 5. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and the virtue knowledge. Which tell, now I had a wonderful pastor, but uh, he had a, he had a, a couple concepts that I never did agree with back then. As, as I've gotten older, I, things I don't agree with now. Uh, back then, we had um, what they called um, chronic seekers. Chronic seekers. <clears throat> um, I saw people pray for the Holy Ghost for years when I was a kid. Years. When, when I was a young boy, Billy Cole came from Thailand to the West Virginia camp meeting, and I was there the very first time Billy Cole took his new message out for a drive. <clears throat> and in, at the West Virginia camp meeting, <clears throat> he, he said, I want you to sit down. He said, now everyone <clears throat> that has prayed for the Holy Ghost for more than six months, I would like you to stand. <clears throat> there were 34 people that stood that night. And he said, I'd like you to come up here, please. And he took 34 chairs. He said, I'd like you to sit down. He said, he, Billy had his own way of saying that. He called it apostolic. It wasn't apostolic. It was apostolic. He said, we're going to be apostolic tonight. <clears throat> he said, the Bible said, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost where they were sitting. So he said, I want all of you to sit in chairs. <clears throat> And then he explained a Thai word called cow. He said uh, the reason Thai, there was, I, I don't know if it was Cantonese or uh, what's the other Chinese language? There's Cantonese and there's Mandarin. I forget which one is more difficult. <clears throat> but the Thai language was way up there in the top five. Uh, interestingly enough, English is considered, I think, the hardest language in the world to learn. And when you think of it, look at the word two. And we've got T-O. We've got T-O-O. Um, we got T-W-O, which is a number, you know. Uh, my little granddaughter had a thing called a two-two. It's complicated. Billy was explaining the word cow in, in Thai. And he said, in the Thai language, the way you make distinctions is you have rising inflection. Cow. You have declining. Cow. Or you have abrupt. Cow. Or you draw it out. Cow. He said, every one of those things means something different in Thai. And I'll never forget, there's a little boy there in a the crowd, and he went, holy cow. Billy laughed, told that story for years. <clears throat> he said, now listen, you can say 10 words in tongues. And if you have an interpreter, it could be sentences. He said, so first of all, let me dispel the myth that you have to speak in tongues for hours. That was a revelation back then. And... Uh, he said, you, you don't have to be standing when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You can be sitting. He said, I'm going to go down this row here, and I'm going to lay my hands on you. And the Bible said, and the Spirit was there to give them utterance, which means the Spirit was there to assist them. So God's here right now to help us. He wants you to have the Holy Ghost. And you're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he just went down the row. And he mowed them down like dominoes. You cannot believe the... My pastor was angry. That ain't the real Holy Ghost. That ain't the real Holy Ghost. They didn't tarry. 
But if you remember the scripture, it's in Luke. Jesus said, tarry until you be endued with power from on high. But when you get in Acts chapter 10, it says, and why tarryest thou now? Arise. Or is that Acts 8? Wash away thy sins. Call, I think that's the uni. Why, why, why are you tearing? The Holy, once the Holy Ghost is poured out, you don't have to wait. Which just really messed up a lot of negative Pentecostals. Because they just love to see them people beg for the Holy Ghost. You gotta beg. You know? We've had people get the Holy Ghost in this church shacking up. Living in sin. My pastor would have never agreed to that. That ain't the real Holy Ghost. Because you would have to separate probably six months. Then, maybe, just maybe, God would be ready to fill you with the Holy Ghost. I love him, but he was wrong. There were people in that church that were devils. I told him, I said, Brother Porter, get rid of these people. He said, Brother Harold, they have a soul. And I said, Brother Porter, you can't save Satan. Get rid of him. He didn't. They ended up killing him. They really did. They, they brought so much havoc to his life. He had a heart attack and died. My, I have a dear friend that had a, a big group of people leave the church he was pastoring. And it really really depressed him until he went to prayer and the Lord dealt with him and said I let him go two years ago but you just kept hanging on what did it give you and my point is God honors faith wherever he finds it I, 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 I don't care if you're shacking up. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't care if, you, if, 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 if you're drunk. You have faith and God honors faith. You can't please him without faith. So then the antithesis prove. If you have faith, you do please him. But here's what I'm going to tell you according to the book of Peter. You could be dirty and find God. But if you want to keep God, you ain't going to stay dirty. Add to your faith virtue. So one of the very first things that ought to happen when God gets in your life, you ought to start cleaning things up. Okay? Jesus was born in a manure-filled barn. That's not according to the card I got yesterday. I knew it was coming, and it came. Beautiful barn, star, angels, shepherds, wise men, Joseph's, Mary, white stuff, the most beautiful gold hay I've ever seen, little baby wrapped in the nicest diaper I ever saw. It's all there, one cow, one donkey, Perfect. Wrong. Look at that, man. Look at them cows. No manure. No cobwebs. No guano. No, 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 no bats hanging up there. No mildew. That's, that just smells good looking at it. Jesus was born in a manure. If the inn was full, then the garage was full. And you didn't turn the, the engines off of what they rode on back then. The, the motor kept running. Urine, feces, mildew, stinky, nasty place. But they left the next day. I'm telling you, if they'd have stayed there, Joe's a carpenter. I'm telling you, he's going to be mucking out the stall. He's going to be putting in cabinets. Mary's going to be sewing curtains if they're going to live in that cave. 
Jesus comes into our lives, I seen it. It happened in my life, happened in yours. I wanted to clean things up. Add to your faith virtue and the virtue, knowledge. Knowledge. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. The longer I study the word, I, I keep finding these things I call progressions. I gave you one last week. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I personally believe you are never going to have peace if you don't have righteousness. And you're never going to have the, 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 the fruit of the Spirit called joy without that peace that comes. You do what's right. It produces peace. Peace has a fruit, a fruit, and, 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 and it's joy. Righteousness produces peace, produces joy. Righteousness plus peace equals joy. I, I, is it possible? I, I was thinking about the fruit of the Spirit today. It's love, joy, peace. Is there a progression there? I, I, I don't want to think there is because... You'll meet people. I got three of them fruit of the spirit. I'm just working on the other six. I, 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 uh, <laughs> I look, look at this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Is it possible this is a progression? I am the way to the truth. And the truth will take you somewhere. And, and the uh, this is John 8.32 tells you where the truth will take you. You shall know the truth and it'll make you free. He is the way to the truth and the truth will lead you to a life of freedom. Knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. Learn the word. Cut, cut your spirit. Listen, James 1 and 21. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to say, what a phrase, superfluity of naughtiness. Man, that described my kids. They weren't just naughty. They had superfluity of naughtiness. <laughs> Listen to the message. I love this. So throw all spoiled virtue and cancerous evil in the garbage. In simple humility, let our gardener landscape you with the word, making a salvation garden of your life. Wow, that's beautiful. Graft it. Open yourself up and let the word in. I, I, I found something a couple years ago, a magnificent, what I felt was just... I had all the answers about Genesis, and I didn't write it down, and I lost it, and I couldn't find it. And I have, I have searched for that thing for over two years, and, 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 and uh, two nights ago, I found it again. And, 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 and I'll share it with you. It's on YouTube, and it's simply entitled, Is Genesis History? It is the greatest thing I have ever seen to explain that there's two ways of looking at this. You can look at it through the evolutionary aspect or the creation aspect. And, and when you realize where the differences are, it makes perfect sense. And, and so I'm listening. These, these guys are scholars. Every one of them have doctorates. And, and, and it, it, one of these guys had, had four different doctorates in earth. So it's not like they just went to Bible school. These are really smart guys, but they're all creationists. And, and one of the most foremost Hebrew scholars alive, they, they're saying, you know, people saying this is an allegory, or is it literally? He said, no, 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 no. He said, all Hebrew scholars agree. This is, this, we're not, this, this is not allegory here. This, this is, this is the way this thing happened. And he said, well, if that's the case, what about the word day? Yom, which is the, the word for day in Hebrew. And he said, it, it, it's a literal day. And, and 
you know, I thought, you, you just applying my mind to it, I thought, well, the, the sun wasn't created, you know, on, 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 until the, the sixth day. And so, uh, was it the sixth? The fourth day the sun was created. And so, how, how do you know what happened? How long was it for day one, two, and three if you didn't have a means to measure time? But the word day is there. The evening and morning was the first day, second day, third day. The Hebrew word is literally what we call a day. And I thought, how? And so, look at the bees, okay? Um, look, look at how they gather pollen. And, and it, pollen is like, um, you know, there's sugar and there's convectionary sugar. Not the same. Uh, Sean Cabot called me, uh, I don't know, a couple years ago, maybe a year and a half, whatever. He said, I'm in New Orleans. And I said, oh! You gotta go to Cafe Du Monde. And he said, What? I said, You gotta go to Cafe Du Monde. And I said, There's several locations in New Orleans, but it's the only place where they are. I'm not gonna tell you what it is, just go. He said, Okay. Cafe, if you ever go to New Orleans, make sure you go to the Cafe Du Monde. Because they got these donuts. And they fry them in this oil in front of you. And then they put it in a bag and they dump in confectioner sugar. I mean, they baptize this dude, man. Bury it. Sean Cabot calls me. Yeah, you went, didn't you, Draylon? I can hear you laughing. I told him, you got to do this. And, and, and Sean Cabot called me about an hour and a half later. He said, this is my fifth time through the line. <laughs> he said, wow, what a donut. <laughs> so, Lord, help me not to get sidetracked with beignets. But uh, bees, bees don't just go to flowers. They, 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 they go to apple trees and pear trees and, and peach trees. All kinds of trees have buds in the spring. And, and several years ago, uh, there, there was massive hive disappearance. You've you got to understand, there are people who are multimillionaires, and all they do is take their bees from Arizona to California and from California to the cornfields of Iowa. That's all they do is trade because these bees pollinate all this stuff. And there was a massive just terror in the scientific community a couple years ago because Bees were just disappearing. They'd let them loose. They wouldn't come back. They never did find them. They still don't know what happened to them. They just died. And, 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 and the, it, it didn't get into the general public. But, 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 but the ramification of, of, of what happens if you get rid of bees. Because the bees pollinate the various shrubs and flowers and trees so if you don't got bees, you don't have no nuts. You don't have any seeds. That, that's where grass comes from. And, and, and those are the things that feed the cows and the animals who provide us with dairy and meat. How, how can a brown cow eat green grass, produce white milk and yellow butter? I don't know. Glad it does, though. And I'm watching this documentary, and I realized what these people were trying to say. You know, well, there were bees, and two million years later, there was, there was flowers. No, man. It's all connected. You, you, you got to have bees if you're going to have flowers. And, and you got to have trees in order to produce these grasses and these nuts and this stuff for animals to eat. Do you understand the interdependence of all that? Which is so fascinating because it's all got to appear at the same time. In a day, boom, flowers, bees, trees. It's a, it's a system. And it, it's, all, it's, it's, it's all interconnected. I, I, I'm giving you this example to, to exalt the power of the gospel and the power of the knowledge of the word of God. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. But it doesn't stop there. The, the, the amazing <laughs> horde 
and vast resources of the Lord of life is available to us. He's not just your sin offering. He's your trespass offering. In other words, he didn't just die to wash away your sin. He died to wash away the guilt and the fear and the anxiety that comes with that stuff. He died so you wouldn't want to sin again. Listen, here's 2 Peter 3 and 18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here's, listen to this, this great verse. It's in Proverbs 2 and 4. If thou seekest, talking about wisdom, if thou seekest her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasure. Why? Because in Colossians 2 and 3, it says, hidden in him are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge from the foundation of the earth. Because it's, it's did you get it? It's hidden. It's hidden. One of the seven parables in Matthew 13, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field. Hidden in him are all the treasures. Now listen to Proverbs 25 and 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Paul, writing to a young preacher before he died, he said, there are people who labor in the word and in doctrine. If you're a student of the Bible, you know what this means. There are times you read it again and again and again, and all of a sudden, boom, there's the elephant in the room that you've missed. You're laboring in the word. So Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter one, he said, I set myself to learn everything about anything. But in the message, it says, hey, God didn't make it easy. It took a lot of effort to figure it out. Listen to 1 John 2 and 2. And he is the propitiation for our sin. This is the same word that's translated mercy seat. And not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world, the whole thing. That on the cross, he's there not to just deal with our sin, but with the effect of that sin on our lives. You know, Jesus said, well, if you don't know the will, uh, you're going to get a few stripes. If you do know the will and don't do it, you're going to get a few stripes. So stay ignorant. <laughs> just stay stupid. You only get a slap on the wrist if you don't study that Bible. But if you study and don't do it, you're going to get a belt and a behind. No. The knowledge is the power. You can't have faith for what you don't know. Please don't get deceived into trusting your own works. Because Isaiah said it's filthy rags. That's what it is. Do you know that those... Here's, here, here's Paul. Uh, this is probably another translation. Do you know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Shadow boxing. Man, I'm good at that. Come on. Mm -mm. Air guitar. Did you ever see people play air guitar? You should see me in my truck play the piano while I'm listening to them songs. I, I got the whole, I do the runs, I do the chord changes. It's all there. I, I, <laughs> I can hit those licks, perfect time with the trained musician I'm listening to. So why didn't I get up here Sunday and say, ah, give me that guitar, Draylon, I got this. Air guitar doesn't translate into talented display. You want to see something funny? Go to YouTube and, and type in... Uh, What's that called? Karate. Uh, 
Oh, man. It's a kid from West Virginia. Uh, Uncle Dave's Karate School. Dave's Karate School. He said, well, first of all, you got your Judy Chop. You got to learn the Judy Chop. Then he said, now these here, he said, I, if, I, if I put my hands in my pocket, I'll get thrown in jail for concealing deadly weapon. That's what he said. He brings this little chubby girl. He said, people got ninjas? This is my ninjetta. And he, uh, just, just Diamond Dave, not Uncle, Diamond Dave's Karate School. You'll laugh your behind off if you want to lose your behind. It's a really good way to lose weight. And then you get somebody who knows what they do and they just go bam and knock them on their rear. What are you saying? Quit the air guitar. Quit the shadow boxing. Ladies and gentlemen, this thing that we're in right now, this is not the practice lap. Okay, this is, this is not a rehearsal. We, 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 we are not people who believe in reincarnation. You can't mess this life up and then magically get another chance. This, this is the race. We're, we're in it right now. Get real. Get serious. This one's for the prize. This one's for the trophy. Paul said, I ain't beating the air, but I do fight, which means when I hit something, it makes a difference. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. Make it count. Don't just shadow box. Do something that he goes, oh, Satan's lazy. Don't you understand that? There's just a lot of people that are just going to give up and give into a familiar spirit and let it control their lives. Fight him. Fight him. He'll leave you. Bible said he'll run. He'll flee from you if you resist him. It's just, it's just, I'm not going to get into his presence with my good works. He that hath a clean hands, pure heart, hasn't lifted up his soul to vanity. These things are not possible without an understanding of the word. I don't want to get sidetracked now, but, but these offerings are clear. I, I, I don't care how much oil you pour on these offerings. You put leaven in there and it messes up the whole thing and God's not going to accept it. Listen to Paul. Here's chapter 7 of Romans. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal, sold under sin. For what I'm doing, I don't understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. What I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it's good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For the will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not. But the evil, I don't want to do, but I practice it. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. I find in a law that evil is with me, all that is present with me. It's the one who wills to do, the one who wills to do good has got this Siamese twin. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am. You, you, have you ever, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So with the mind, I serve the Lord and with the flesh, the law of sin. What, what in the world is he giving us an, an out? Paul is not confessing that he continually practiced sin in his daily life, but he's saying the threat of practicing it was always with him. He always had to be on guard to, 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 to against it, to keep from breaking out, to keep the lid on it. And at times it's obvious it did break out, reminding him not only that it was there, but also how powerful it was. And so there's no doubt. I mean, can anybody doubt this guy writes a third of the New Testament? If there ever was a mature Christian, this is the guy. It serves a rem 
reminder to us. I don't care how spiritual you get. Human, you know, I, I, I got in trouble years ago and I didn't preach it. And, and I'm just even studying today. It was like something that I'd forgotten years ago. It's if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. But, but, but I, 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 it's, it's not really what it says. The, 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 it's Greek language. They are present progressive verbs. It's accurate to say this. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passing away. All things are becoming new. We, we've got our own brand of Calvinism in Pentecost. All you got to do is get baptized in Jesus' name, talk with tongues. Wham, it's done. Listen to me. Baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Spirit is not going to kill this flesh. It's not going to kill this human nature. Our answer, our antidote is the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That whatever you do, for God's sakes, get in that word. I would love to tell you that water baptism and spirit baptism is the end, but it's the birth message. It's not the groan. That is what Paul calls the hope. Because he's basically said, oh, wretched man that I am, am I going to put up with this forever? No. He said, there's hope in Jesus Christ. Are we going to fuss with this thing till you die or the rapture takes place? Yes, but there is coming an end. <coughs> if water baptism in his name and speaking with tongues fixed everything, I want to know why I got mad in traffic yesterday. And when that wonderful woman that I'm married to went to Wendy's and the lady at Wendy's forgot to put the chili in with the taco salad and my wife drove all the way home. We were going to have lunch. I had chicken sandwich. She had taco salad. Here's my sandwich. Got the pop. She whips out the, the salad and she's reading the bag. No, no chili. You should have seen her. I'm reasoning with her. Baby doll, you were on the Zoom prayer this morning talking in tongues. She's, she is, she's Zooming all right. Zoom, off she went. It's who we are. So what happened? This morning, she's back on that Zoom call. Talking in tongues again and again. Why? Because you're not going to beat me. I'm, I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm going to, it's like, for God's sake, sleep in, Renee. No, I think I'll go pray. No, 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 you're tired. You don't want to, no, I'm going to go pray. Bam. Ow. That's what you want to hear from Satan. Ow. Paul is saying, I'm a wretched guy, but I got a hope. Jesus is saying, I don't want to just forgive you of sin. I want to help you with the urge that caused you to want to sin. You won't do that without knowledge after you're baptized. That's why, for if these things be in you and abound, watch, they make you. That you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Make your punches count. Get up Friday and say, Satan, I got a really great Christmas present for you. I'm going to pray today. I'm going to get in the word today. No, 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 no. Take a day off. It's good. No, I really am going to celebrate Christ today. I'm going to have prayer and I'm going to get in the word. Why? It's not voluntary, ladies and gentlemen. This is mandatory. He, he didn't just get rid of my sin. He wants us to put a lid on the urge. I used to call it old number 597B. Every time I really started to get close to God, it was like Satan would go through the file cabinet find 597B, throw it into my life. Pow. It's like, oh, shoot. We were with the Mitchells, spent a couple days with them last week. And as I, I got to apologize to you for prayer. I always set my clock fast. So when I looked at my clock, it was five minutes after eight. 
So we were talking to some wonderful people and had some, so I came in five minutes after eight. I looked around, it's time to dismiss. So I get up and dismiss. I go out, I'm just being, you know, having a big old time. Well, I said, come back and look. He said, it's 20 to eight. And someone said to Mike Netto, he said, I just feel like I got gypped in prayer. <laughs> so as a pastor, I need to apologize to you for shutting the prayer meeting down prematurely. But I told you in that prayer meeting how grateful we were that this procedure, Brother Mitchell called me today and it was just a great phone call. And just, but we, we have this mutual, more of a friend to him than to me, but he, he, he lost everything two years ago. Lost his ministry, he lost, it was just, on the outside it looked like he was doing so good and it just, it all came crashing down in a very short amount of time. And I'll never forget what Brother Mitchell said to me. He said, if I just could have learned his sequence. If I, I, I remember hearing Ted Bundy interviewed and he said, don't blame my mom. Don't, he said, I had great parents. I had a great childhood. He said, don't, don't tell me my dad abused me or my, he said, no, that's nothing like that. And he said, I could kill someone and then everything was okay for seven or eight months. And then he said, it would just build up again and I'd do it again. And then I said, I'm never gonna do this again. And Brother Mitchell was talking about this man. He said, if I just could have learned his pattern, I would have known he's been doing pretty good for six months. He's going to start getting shaky about now. I need to make sure I'm really there for him. We need to be open and honest with ourselves. What's your pattern? Do you have a sequence? Do you have a sin, a secret hobby, habit, pastime that you've repented of again and again and again and again, and you really, really, really would like to stop? Listen to me. You've got to be open and honest enough with yourself to realize the power of the Word of God and the power of having someone with you. Do you have someone in your life that you can be emotionally naked in front of? No, they won't tell Facebook. They won't blab it everywhere, but they will legitimately be grateful that you shared such a fear because fears got dormant. But when you have someone that you can talk to about your fears, it takes Satan's power away. Stand with me. Precious Lord, we are so grateful for your word, the intricacies of your word, the power of your word. I ask you, Jesus, we make a covenant together in this place. This next year is going to be the greatest year of us investigating the word that we've ever known. Lord, there are areas in my life that are chained. There are areas in my life that are bound. I will never know freedom in those places in my life without the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I ask today, Lord, and commit with these good people, we're gonna labor in the word. And I'm convinced we're going to come across a vein of gold, a chunk of silver. We're going to search for you like the hidden treasure because you said it's an honor of a king to discover the things that are hidden in you. Father, I've dedicated my life to a lot of pastimes and pursuits, and I've been rewarded with a lot of fun things and nice experiences and memories. But I want that same inquisitive spirit to be in me regarding your word and that I will be more than rewarded and not just offer you a sin offering but a trespass offering as well in Jesus name we pray amen amen God bless every one of you I wish you all just a great night's rest a magnificent Christmas we'll be together soon please pray for our precious brothers and sisters in Canada. I refer to them as the House of Windsor. And uh, 
They're just wonderful people. They miss coming here. They never miss our online services and there tonight together praying and watching us. But we need them back with us soon. Please hold these people up in your prayer. All right. I love every one of you. I have no lot with any of you. If any of you got something that let's get her settled here tonight. Okay. Amen. I love every one of you. Have a great night. Thank you for being in Bible class. God bless you.